the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came to Nazareth when he had been brought up, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as he usually did. He stood up to read, and they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives and to the blind new sight, to set the drowned trodden free, to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the assistant, and sat down and all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to speak to them. This text is being fulfilled today even as you listen. And he warned the approval of all, and they were astonished by the gracious words that came from his lips. They said, This is Joseph's son, surely. But he replied, No doubt you will quote me the saying, Physician, heal yourself and tell me, we have heard of all that happened in Capernaum. Do the same here in your own countryside. And he went on. I tell you solemnly, no prophet is ever accepted in his own country. There were many widows in Israel, I can assure you, in Elijah's day, when heaven remained shut for three years and six months, and a great famine raged throughout the land. But Elijah was not sent to any one of these. He was sent to a widow at Zarephath, a Sidonian town. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many lepers in Israel, but none of these was cured except the Syrian, Naaman. When he heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They sprang to their feet and hustled him out of the town, and they took him up to the brow of the hill their town was built on intending to throw him down the cliff. But he slipped through the crowd and walked away. The Gospel of the Lord The opinion of the people from our Lord's hometown towards him seems to swing in opposite directions in today's passage, and all in a matter of minutes, from amazement to disdain and finally to bloodthirsty hostility. And all this took place in a synagogue, and perhaps the closest modern equivalents to this are our churches. Just imagine how the priest's homily can inspire, challenge, console, and stir up a hornet's nest within that short period which you spend in church at Mass. One moment you love him, the next moment you despise him. The New Testament records more than ten occasions in which our Lord exercised his ministry in a synagogue. It is here that we see him teach, heal, read from the Torah, worship and create controversies. His presence here is not unusual at all, as noted by St. Luke, who speaks of this as something which he usually did. But more than just an observance of a good Jew, the synagogue was an excellent platform for our Lord to teach. He had a ready audience, though not always a friendly one. Initially, this home crowd took kindly to his words when he proclaimed that the prophetic messianic texts of 
Isaiah was being fulfilled that very day as they listened to him read it. St. Luke says that he won his audience's approval and they were astonished by the gracious words which came from his lips. This admiration, however, was short-lived. The people turned on our Lord as quickly as they were impressed by his words. From raising our Lord on a pedestal, which was literally what happened as he ascended an elevated platform called a bima to do the reading, our Lord was immediately dragged down to the dust when someone realized that this is the very same man whom they knew from childhood. This is Joseph's son, surely. Nothing extraordinary about him. In fact, his ordinariness is the cause of their disdain for him. If only they knew the truth. Jesus is not the son of Joseph. He is the son of God. The, this identity is clear the very moment our Lord emerged from the waters of the river Jordan at his baptism. His divine identity is not one of self-declaration, but rather validated by God himself. If they knew this, their reaction would have been very different. But these ignorant folks demanded that our Lord prove to himself, Physician, heal yourself. An ancient proverb challenging a person to prove his authority. Our Lord then riled them up further with two powerful examples when he highlighted specific aspects of their ministries that were absolutely antagonistic to his audience. Elijah took care of a widow in Sidon. Elisha healed a man from Syria. This is not to say that Elijah and Elisha didn't minister to Jews or perform miracles in Judea. They did. Both these prophets were sent to Israel at the lowest point of their history, but they were ignored. The fact that Gentiles responded more positively would have been quite cutting to Jesus' audience now. We can therefore understand their rage. A sycophantic crowd is transformed into a bloodthirsty mob who decides to carry out a summary execution of the Lord without going through the process of a trial. But they fail because our Lord's passion and death has been destined for another time. Their anger was fueled by the shame they felt for being equated with their sinful, obstinate ancestors. And the irony is that they had become the people they hated. This story is not just a lesson of how familiarity can devolve into contempt, but is also a warning to us of the danger of living in a spiritual echo chamber. Both preacher and audience can fall into the same trap. Preachers can seek to appeal to the congregation by telling them what they want to hear. And a congregation can choose a preacher who preaches what they like to hear, resulting in us ignoring and rejecting what God wishes to say to us. Ultimately, we don't get to choose the message. We are called to be servants of the truth, even if the truth happens to be the most unpopular thing in this world. So preachers should preach God's truth, even when it is unpopular, fearing God's disapproval more than the disapproval of people. And people should listen to God's word, even if you don't like the preacher or find his message undelectable. Because what we need is the good news of liberation and salvation, and not just another message to tickle our ears. In the name of the Father, 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.